Welcome to the Be Encouraged podcast. And if this is your first time pushing play, I want you to know that you are so welcomed here. I am your host, Jackie Brindle. I am a mom of three, wife, teacher, blogger, speaker, and I do like to run. We all need a little encouragement on the good and not so good days to lift us up and onward. That's my hope for you, that you will be so encouraged and know that with God, nothing is impossible. Welcome back to the Be Encouraged podcast. I'm your host, Jackie Brindle, and you're listening to episode 104 and the first episode of the new year. Recently, I took a break from social media to spend intentional time in the word and with my family. It has been a breath of fresh air, but now I have hit the ground running all over again. And that means that you haven't even heard an episode since December, but I'm back, you guys, and I have some great news for you. You can listen to the newest episodes every other week. In the past, new episodes would air every Monday for the past two and a half years, but I'm going to try something a little new and different this year as my plate has become very full, which prompted me to have the idea to publish an episode every other Monday. Then you will have a chance to spend more time listening to the content, sharing the content, studying the content, re-listening, sharing again with your friends, and taking time to make a rating review on Apple Podcasts so that more people can be encouraged just like you. Now let's talk about this fabulous episode today. We are going to be unpacking how we can find joy in the journey and who here doesn't want to do that in whatever pocket of life that you are in right now, whatever space you're in, whatever challenges you're facing, circumstances you you have on your plate. Suzanne is going to speak life into that today as she speaks life into her ministry and serving other women through Project Rescue, which I'm going to link in the show notes for all of you today. We also unpack the Circle Maker book by Mark Batterson, which we we encourage you to go ahead and get and put some prayers down on paper and circle them up because I'm telling you what, she is here to just encourage and ignite your heart, mind, and soul as we head into the new year to find joy in the journey. So go ahead and grab your cup of coffee, get on your walk or run, and wherever you are, be encouraged. Hello, and welcome to the Be Encouraged podcast. I'm your host, Jackie Brindle, and you're listening to a very special guest I have today, Suzanne Cox. Welcome, Suzanne. Hi, Jackie. Thank you so much for having me on today. Yes. You know, one of the main reasons that I have you on here is because your story is like no other. You know, we get a lot of, you know, guest speakers and everyone's story is so incredibly different. And yours is, again, so different and unique and so much depth of life and faith and ups and downs and strands of hope that I just know somebody today is going to be encouraged. You're going to touch on something that's going to encourage someone today. I'm so excited. Y'all get ready. (laughs) Buckle up saddle up (laughs) wherever you are because it's going to be so much fun and before we get started Suzanne I'd love for them to get to know you a little bit where you're from maybe they can already tell with a little bit of your accent there but I'd love you go ahead and share what you do and who you are oh thanks um yeah you can tell I might have a, a southern accent I'm from Alabama was raised in Birmingham and um yeah so I am actually with Project Rescue and have worked with them for over, um, well, I've been with them throughout 25 years from when they got started in 1997. I came on board in 1998. 
So um, it's just a great ministry where we uh, rescue and restore um, women and children who are uh, trapped in the sex trafficking industry. And so we help get them out. But, uh, but yeah, I was raised in Birmingham and came full circle for all the way around the world and then back <laughs> and then got married uh, to a pastor in Birmingham. And here we are, Pastor Ron Cox of Kingwood Church. So, yeah. Oh, that's so sweet. I love it. I love that it came full circle for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's right. so sweet. You know, I think a lot of people have as we start out their new year, you know, we have a lot of people who I think um, might have a lot of goals and resolutions. Do you have any, by any chance? <laughs> well, I I really try not to um, put all the pressure on myself to do. And, and but I do love to start the one-year Bible every year. I read through the one-year Bible. I've done that since 1996 when I went to Bible college. And uh, they gave us a one-year Bible at Rama Bible Training Center when I started there in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And for all these years, I have read through the one-year Bible, and it has just anchored my faith in Jesus. And sometimes you'll go through and you'll see the power of the, the word of God, the authority of the word. And then the next time you go through, you'll see the compassionate heart of God and how he seeks to restore because I came from such a broken home and a broken life of alcoholism and drug addiction that um, it, it, that is one of my main um, strengthening abilities with the body of Christ. It's my heart's desire is to get people to renew their mind with the word of God and to be able to stand on the word and see how God can transform a life right before your very eyes. Wow. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's beautiful. So definitely the one year Bible. And you find that where, where can we find something like that? Um, you can find it um, in any bookstore. A lot of times uh, Walmart or Sam's has them. It's just a one-year Bible and you can read through in about 20 minutes a day. You can read, it's got a section of the Old Testament, New Testament, a Psalm and a Proverb. And uh, in 20 minutes, you can just read the word of God every single day and impart that seed, that incorruptible seed into your heart that helps you grow in your faith. And uh, even on Facebook, they have a one-year Bible page where you can read it or you can listen to it. I, a lot of times when we're traveling and I don't carry my one-year Bible with me, I'll just uh, log in and read and just listen to the one-year Bible every day. So, and if you miss a day, you know, there's no bondage in reading through the Bible. If you miss a day, then you just pick it up the next day or three days later because you just think, okay, so annually I will read through the Bible. So if I miss it, Today, then I'm going instead of trying to go back and read three days in a row, which can you can get bogged down in that. You just think this is freedom. I'm going to just seek God with all my heart. I'm going to love him. I'll catch that next year. You know, there's just no bondage in, in reading the one your Bible. You just pick it up and you just start on that day and keep going. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that. I love that. And you know, I think if anyone's listening right now and you're jumping in, you're like, Oh, this is a faith-based podcast or I'm just something <laughs> new to me. Like this is a good start. Like there there's freedom in that. Like there's no you know, love that you say there's no bondage in that. There's nothing that's going to say, Oh, you didn't get today. That's terrible. You know, you're a terrible person. Like no one's right, saying that. Right. We might tell ourselves lies, but listen, God does not lie. He loves you. So yeah. 
That's right. Yeah. And I love that because, you know, a lot of times we start out and I, this good segue into this is that, you know, we start out the new year with like high hopes, dreams. Sometimes I have lofty dreams. I'm super highly optimistic, shocker, right? Like so <laughs> I have this like ridiculous amount of faith. I have like these big thoughts and visions and I, I really sit with a lot of things, but if I look back at this past year, I'm like, oh, we did a little bit of off-roading. Like there were some, you know, right. waiting rooms and setbacks and roadblocks and heartbreaks and trials and surprises and changes and shifts and um, let alone in one day, you know, that I felt all right. those things. So I think as a believer, maybe you're starting out, you guys, and you're jumping on the bandwagon and you're like, how do I do this with this crazy, ridiculous faith and go for what I have that, you know, that God is calling you to do and follow him. Um, but then you also know, you know, how can we be standing firm, right? Um, if, if plans don't go the way that we had thought they would. Right. You, my, my word for this year is, and I, and I do try to pray and say, God, what, what would be my word for the year? Um, as we go through a 21 day fast every year with our church or prayer and fasting. Um, and we go through a devotional together with my church. I usually taught, but I knew right out the gate, my year, my word for this year is joy, joy in the journey, because, um, a lot of times we can get, off-roaded. I'm a trail runner. And so, you know, I have missed the marks and gone off, you know, on a trail run because it's not like a designated route. If you're on a road run, you know exactly where to go. Trail runs, you have to watch for the flags. You have to, you have to look and pay attention. And so a lot of times um, you can, you can miss a flag and go off. Well, you know, of course the enemy wants to get us off God's plan and yeah. off and sometimes it's it's our own doing and other times it's circumstances like our our beautiful daughter Stacy had to has a disease a neurological disease um uh, called Huntington's disease and uh, she's at 50 years old in a nursing home and our other daughter Ron's daughter that I married him with two daughters she's my daughter too but um Tiffany our daughter um also had the neurological disease that their mother had. And she um, went to heaven in 2018 and left behind a husband and three beautiful children. Well, um, Stacy is in the nursing home now. And um, you just think, Lord, I, I, I have got to somehow find peace and joy in this journey of going to see her at the nursing home and staying um, full of faith and believing God for miracles when sometimes it doesn't look like anything is changing, but we know that God works behind the scenes and we see that he is faithful no matter what we go through. If it's even not the end result, like what we wanted, um, then God is with us regardless of where we are on the trail. He, he is with us and he is for us. And that has been basically my life story of, of Proverbs um, 16, 9, where it says the mind of a man plans his way, but the Lord orders his steps. And the Lord is ordering our steps every day. I get up and read the word and say, Lord, I know you have a plan for me today, whether I am a laborer across someone's path that they're praying for their child or their daughter or somebody that I could speak hope or encouragement to. And God, if you just use me today to speak life and hope and healing into someone else's life, that's, that's what, that's what really, that's where I find joy in the journey. 
Wow. It's giving back that hope, that gift of hope, that encouragement. I love that. That's such a good mindful way of starting up the year of, okay, this plan doesn't work out, Lord, where can I find joy in this piece of the journey? Um, Yeah. And I I love that because it almost reminds me of, and I'm just going to reference it here because I literally have my Bible out and I'm like, oh, I just read this. (laughs) I, I love it in Philippians four. It says, you know, don't concern yourself with you know, things that, or maybe it's Philippians one, but don't concern yourself with so much of yourself, the interests of yourself, but like with the interests of others, you know, I think, and, and he's got it. Like, I mean, Paul, he wrote, you know, um, I don't say this uh, out of need for, I have learned to be content with whatever circumstances I find myself. I know how to make do with little, and I know how to make do with a lot. And in any and all circumstances, I have learned the secret of being content and happy, like whether well-fed or hungry, whether in abundance or in need, I am able to do all things through him who strengthens me. And I think yes. we, we miss the part. Like we love the part where it says I can do all things right who through Christ, <laughs> but like it's through whatever is thrown our way. We can find that joy joy in him. You know, he strengthens us, even giving us those hard things, those heartbreaking things, those things that we don't understand. Um, God wants to use that for our progress. I love that, you know, in Philippians, he continues to say it's for the progress of the gospel for the progress. And I, I love that he even writes it out in Philippians one, where he's like, listen, whether I am alive and I have to be in the flesh, okay. But either if I die, like Lord use us for your glory. And I just, I read that the other day and it really just jumped off the page. Like, yeah, whether my, my life is here or I'm, I'm gone, Lord use both of those things, those bookends, yes. you know, to yes, glorify that me. is so good. Cause for, for a Christian, it's a win-win, you know, and that's yeah. what Tiffany said, you know, she always said, well, you know, if I, if I live that it's great, but the greatest gift she ever gave us was knowing that we'll see her again. Mm-hmm. And, that, you know, we, we knew that she was born again and loved the Lord and had raised her children to love God. And so, and was, um, you know, so we just know we'll see her again. We're all going to, we're all passing through this life. And so we learn to be content in whatever circumstance we're in. That is such a great word. And um, so thanks for sharing that with me. That yeah, was- there you go. <laughs> the Lord has really been speaking. And you know, what's really funny. So you guys, Suzanne and I had a chance to chat a little bit uh, before this conversation and Psalm 91 really was something that you had told me about. That is something that was written on your life. It's, and it's just something that came out like out of the well of your spirit during a time that you didn't even know you were going to need and equip your, like have that sword ready to go. Um, because you know, it says in the word, the word is the sword of the Lord. And you really literally fought a battle with Psalm 91. And I just want people to hear a little bit more about that and, and why that it would be so important to write on your heart this year. If you've never read, read Psalm 91, let's go, let's get it. Like read it, read it to your heart. It's written on your heart. <laughs> right. That's right. Uh, Psalm 91 is well, plus it's staying in the secret place as if we're staying in the secret place, we are covered by God, we are, we are wrapped up in his presence. And when I was in Bible college in my missions class, cause I knew I was called to the nations. I just wasn't sure where I would be going, but we always, um, quoted Psalm 91 every single morning. 
And so that word was going deep into my heart. See, down in the South, we say what's down in the well comes up in the bucket. <laughs> so <laughs> what you're putting down into your heart, if you're putting the word of God in, it says that the Holy Spirit will bring that to your remembrance at a time where you need it. Well, I did not know that I was going to need that in such a dramatic way uh, when I was in India and had been, um, I was taking a taxi one night because I needed to get uh, I had taken, um, I was staying in Nepal with, uh, with in a home where some people were doing a, a children's camp. And so I was staying on the border of Nepal and I had gone up to pray about staying one more year in India. They needed me to stay, but you know, I didn't really, you know, I it's a very difficult place to live in the village and, you know, in the natural, it's 120 degrees. And um, my girls were very, I had uh, 15 girls living in the home and uh, we were, we were trying to minister to them and bring hope and life and uh, through project rescue in a, home of hope and we were bringing hope and life, but it was never really easy. I mean, that's not an easy life. And so I was thinking, well, no, I just need to go back to the States. I've served my year. And now I was a missionary associate. And so I, so I was staying um, at a couple's house while they were going to unreached people at group and do a kid's camp. So when I prayed, the Lord said, Suzanne, I want you to stay one more year. And so I said, okay, Lord, so because, you know, we just obey God, regardless of what he says or how it makes sense to your head, we, we just obey God because he, he knows the plan according to Jeremiah 29, 11, but he knows. And so I said, yes, sir, I'll stay one more year. And so I got on the Shatabdi Express and we came down into um, New Delhi where the train station was. And because monsoon season had started and the rains had come, they flooded the tracks. And I was in uh, the train station uh, with thousands of men. I mean, it's just not a safe place to be. And because I wasn't coming in the daytime, I was a little uh, nervous. And the longer I waited, almost from nine o'clock at night until midnight. And uh, I, I said, yeah, I can't stay here all night. This is ridiculous. And Sister Usha, the national director, was there to pick me up, but she couldn't find me. And so um, I had come in on a different track. So I um, I asked a taxi driver, I said, you know my village? And he said, yes. And so I got in the taxi with him and about 15 minutes into the ride, I realized he was not taking me to my village and fear began to suffocate me. I mean, I was so afraid and I reached up and I tapped him on the back and I said, Baya, which means brother, Faridabad is my village. And he shook his head and about that time he pulled into an abandoned service station where he blew the horn and four men came out and they began to look in the van at my luggage. And I thought this cannot be happening. This cannot be. And probably Jackie, probably one of the most demon possessed men I've ever seen in my life, looked at the taxi driver and said, American, which means how much money do you want for the American? He was about to sell me into slave prostitution. I would have gone underground that night and no one would know even where to begin to look for me. And I tears streaming down my face. But my little pioneers of faith, <laughs> when I first got saved, they taught me to speak the word of God and to uh, apply the blood of Jesus. And so I began to um, just say, Father, I just plead the blood. And the Holy Spirit on the inside of me said, speak it out. 
And I began to scream at the top of my voice, Father, in the name of Jesus, I plead the blood of Jesus over my life, over this van. You said in Psalm 91, you have given your angels charge over me to keep me in all of my ways. And when I said that, those four men were slammed against that building. Their eyes were looking into heaven as I believe God opened the heavens to show them the angels of God that are encamped around us. And that little taxi driver jumped in. And I mean, we took off and I prayed the whole way to my wow. up where he dropped me out and I never saw him again. But Psalm 91 had been instilled, ingrained, and grafted into my heart from the days of Bible college. And it just came up and as the weapon that I needed at the moment. And the word of God is sharp and powerful. So yes. And oh so- my gosh, I could cry. Like that's just <laughs> incredible. I know oh God spared my life. He did. Yes. Oh my goodness. It just brings up a well of emotion because God is so faithful to his word and, and yes. how so many times like we know the word is true. Like I'm a Christian, like I know God's word's true, but like what a testimony of knowing why we study the word, why we ingrain that in our hearts, why it's so important. Psalm 91, you guys. I know, (laughs) I know. He just didn't say cry about your mountain. He said, speak to your mountain. Yes, I love that. Speak to your mountain. Like what is your mountain? You guys were listening today. What is your mountain that you need to speak to? Read over Psalm 91, see what jumps off that page and keep speaking to it. Do it for the year. Do it for the year. Like, let's go. Like we need to have incredible things happen in our lives. And I know that there are times we're going to go through a drought and we're going to need to pull these words up like the well, right? Like what you said, and what's in that bucket, you know, what do you have in that bucket? And I just love that word because it actually really inspired me as I've been reading you guys, Psalm 91, it brought up my word for the year. In my word. And I thought about this one phrase and I was like going over it. I'm like, but no, this word just keeps dragging me in. And, and it was in Psalm 91, it's to dwell, to dwell. And it says in the Psalm 91, one, that the one who lives under the protection of the most high dwells in the shadow of the almighty. And I need to remember, and maybe you guys need this reminder too, who would you dwell in? You dwell right. in the shadow of the almighty God principle. That is good. <laughs> I, I just need that word to remind yes. me who I dwell in and who dwells in me. Let's go. Right. Like yes. who dwells yes. in us. That's and, right. Oh, it's just so good. He is our refuge. We can trust him with our whole heart. And I love that you have such a power or uh, a sorry, passion to encourage women and rescue them through project rescue. And I think, Um, And just to call out to all the women who need rescuing, like it's every woman, like we all have something that we need to be restored in our lives. Uh, Maybe some heartbreak we need um, mending, you know, or, or maybe you've turned from God. I don't know what it's going to be, but let's dwell in him and find out how that's going to lead us up and onward, you know? Right, right. See, I was, I, I didn't get saved until I was 31 years old. I had been a drug addict and alcohol at 13 years old. I was in my first drug treatment center. I started hanging out with the wrong crowd early in life. By the time I was 16 years old, I was a full-blown alcoholic. By the time I was 23, I was a cocaine addict. Almost all my teeth have had to be replaced. Satan takes you so much further than you ever wanted to go and keeps you longer than you wanted to stay. I never set out in my life to become a drug addict or an alcoholic but I didn't have anybody speaking into my life. I didn't have, I mean, the truth is 
we, we, my mom did the best she could do under the circumstances. I mean, they divorced, my parents divorced when I was nine years old. We moved to Birmingham where my Nana lived, my grandmother, and we went to Nana's church, a church full of the sweetest people you'll ever meet in your life. But I can't recall ever hearing of the born again experience. I didn't know that God had a plan for my life and that I didn't have to live uh, trying to trying to please the world or be a chameleon. I could be whoever you wanted me to be. Um, I would change my personality to go be with this guy or to be with that group of friends. And I never really knew who I was. I, and I, I could be whoever you wanted me to be for a while. And then I would sabotage every relationship that I was ever in because I was so broken and hurting. And then uh, one night, one night when I was suicidal, depressed, alcoholic at 31 years old, I was driving past a church that I passed for five years out in Hueytown, Alabama. And I suddenly looked over and there was this camp meeting sign out front, this huge camp meeting sign. Well, I didn't know any Pentecostal lingo at Nana's church. I didn't know that a revival was happening in that church. And so I went home and when I took a nap, I, uh, I woke up and I usually went out as a lady of the evening, but <laughs> I, I knew I had to be at that church. I had to be there. And I got in my car and I drove down there and I sat in the parking lot. And in my skin tight blue jeans and my low cut blouse. And I was thinking I, I was watching all the people come in in suits and ties and dresses and Bibles. And I thought, you know, this is just another place that I don't belong. I mean, I, I would never fit in. I could be in a room full of people and felt like I never fit in anywhere. Mm. I was about to crank my car and drive away. And it was like a hand pushed me out of my car and I walked up the steps to that church and that, and uh, I, I entered the door and there was a sweet little older lady, my little pioneers of faith. There she was. She was standing there and she uh, said, honey, are you by yourself? And I said, yes, ma'am. I said, I don't know the first thing about an assembly of God church. I just know that when I woke up, I had to be here and she went, praise the Lord. And I went, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> and anyway, she said, come and sit with me. So I did. And then, um, you know, the choir and the band and his camp meeting and, oh, it's just wide open and they're fun. And I thought, oh my goodness, these people are hanging from the chandeliers. It kind of looks familiar to me. You know? <laughs> and so, um, so here comes Dr. Rutland, probably one of the most eloquent speakers you'll ever hear, Dr. Mark Rutland. And he gave a simple message on the love of God. And that night, Jackie, when he looked across the audience and he said, he said, you could be here tonight and you wish you had never even been born. And I thought that is me. Every morning that I wake up and have to look in the mirror, I just hate myself. I don't know how I became this person that I am and just um, you know, embarrassed my family and pushed everyone out of the way, you know, and had been suicidal since I was 10 years old because those voices are real that tell you nobody loves you. You might as well take your life. And that is such a lie. And Dr. Rutland said, you could be here tonight and you wish you had never even been born, but I'm here to tell you, you can be born again. You can start your life over. It doesn't even matter what you did last night. You can be washed clean by the blood of Jesus and you can stand before a holy God as if you had never sinned. And I had, I got tears now. I mean, beautiful. Yeah. I was 31 years old. I'm 60 years old now. And he mm. said, 
be here. And he said, if you want to pray a simple prayer, like I prayed, he said, I want you to bow your heads. And when he said, bow your heads, he was about to give the altar call. My legs jumped up. I ran to the front. I'd never seen an altar call in my life. I knelt down and I said, God, if this is real, I want it. I want to change. I want a new beginning. I want to start my life over, but I don't even have anything to offer you, but a broken heart. And said, Suzanne, that's all I want is your heart. Will you give me your heart tonight? And that night on September 14th, 1993, I became a new creation in Christ Jesus. And my life has been transformed never to be the same again. <laughs> oh my goodness. Wow. Talk about a transformation. That's incredible. What God can do, the power of God, what he can do. I mean, I'm even like, hold on, where am I taking <laughs> It's just beautiful. I mean, it really is just so the simple. It's just, it's so hard to understand the gospel of how it touches each person's heart so differently, but each way it does it, you just know there's no other explanation, but the love of God. Right. Right. He cares about every detail of our life. There's nothing goes unseen from his loving eye. And, you know, I think it was Corey Ten Boom that said, there's no pit so deep that God's love isn't deeper still. He mm-hmm. are the everlasting arms of God. He is, he is with us and he is for us and, and he cares about every detail. Oh, he does. And he wants to, um, a friend of mine put it this way. She's like, it's like a, a broken, um, bunch of pieces, you know, but God's putting it back together, like a mosaic, like he's putting it back together piece by piece. And he can't, he's so faithful to restore it. I've seen it in, in my own life. I'm praying for people and friends who, and people who are super close to me. And just, you know, I, I know this is the year of miracles and, um, and you were just talking about a fast, and I, I wasn't going to talk about this, but you said this and this is my first year I'm doing a, a semi fast of, you know, certain things. And I am doing 21 days off social media. So this won't air until the 23rd of January, hence because of that, um, that fast. But I really just want to hear from him and, you know, just all the things like, um, you know, just what get down to what's important for him for over our lives, you know, and I really encourage anybody to just, um, to really seek him with your whole heart. I know he will just meet you right where you are. You don't have to do a fast, but you know, just something yeah. for, for me to do, you know? Um, and what, you know, as you are thinking of your word joy in the journey and your 21 day fast and, and what is fast? Cause I think people who are new to even to faith, or maybe they've heard of it before and it's lingering in their mind. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about what fasting is? Right. Well, our church does the 21 day Daniel fast, which yeah. is, no meat, no bread, no sweets, which basically leaves fruit and vegetables. <laughs> yeah. But um, it's just to really take the time to, um, and, and if you're fasting without praying, then you're kind of missing, you're missing it. But we, we do, we try to um, put our flesh under. And like you said, uh, for, for kids, a lot of times we'll suggest time off of social media. And I actually, I may take some time off of social media or not do nearly as much as I normally do just surfing. I mean, you can, you can waste hours just surfing and um, scrolling. And so the Lord is just saying, if you'll just draw near to me, um, I will like your word is dwell. I love that. Just dwell in my presence and watch 
what I do. And so it it's actually like hitting the reset button. Yes. You fast for um for 21 days. It's to start. They say that you'll create a habit if you'll do it for 21 days. Well, the thing is, is to maybe start with the one-year Bible and read through that or do it, get a devotional that you that you want to go through and do 21 days of that of prayer. Um, just talk to the Lord, you know, just spend some extra time talking with him and, and just not, and then put your flesh under by just eating fruits and vegetables and cleanse your body, cleanse your mind, cleanse your spirit. And, you know, we, we are that three-part spirit, spirit, soul, and body. And it does help you to look and reevaluate some things that you can take the first, um, I actually call it tithe, you know, how we take that first part of the year and give it to God and then see what he does throughout the rest of the year. A lot of times I can go back and look at my journal. I also keep a journal of just, um, you know, you can go back and see where God came through for you over and over. This is an answered prayer. Why would that be? Because I took time to seek him and, and that's the other part of Jeremiah 29, 11. There's Jeremiah 12 and 13 that says, if you'll seek me with your whole heart, you'll find me. And when we find him, we find the plan, we find peace, we find joy in the journey. And so it's just like tithing the first part of an entire year and saying, God, I'm giving this first fruits to you. And then we're just going to walk this thing out together for the rest of 2023 and see how you came through for me at the end of the year and the things that you did. Mm, so good. You guys, you have so many great things that are going to happen this year. I can tell you that right now. And, and if you want to pick up a good book, I know call it incredible is a book about your story. Am I right on that? It's a book about your story. It is um, pastor Mark Sims, uh, Ron's associate pastor Ron Cox is my husband. And um, he, he, it's his life story. Call it incredible. Uh, written by Pastor Mark Sims. And um, it's the story of Ron's journey from the time he was a young boy um, living in the inner city of Indianapolis, Indiana. Um, his mom was on welfare. She had five kids that she was taking care of. And then um, it's it's basically his life story and um, and how he took care of, an, you know, he, he went off to Southeastern Bible College and he met Glenda um, and married her. And then Right as they took this church in Alabaster, uh, Alabama, he um, discovered that Glenda had the neurological disease called Huntington's Korea, and it was a debilitating neurological disease where he took care of an infant wife for 25 years. He took care of her in the home the first 15 years where he had a little six-month-old baby, Tiffany, and a, and a five-year-old, Stacy, and he raised all of them and pastored a church that grew to nearly 2000 in spite of everything that he went to in a small bedroom community of Birmingham. And, um, you know, it's just, you can call it incredible. It is the sustaining power of a loving God that will help you through any situation. People said, how did you grow your church with everything that was going on in your life? And, um, because he took care of Glenda for 15 years in the home. And then she was in the nursing home, which was right down the street from the church um, for another nine years where he would go every morning and say, baby, if you can hear me, I want you to know I'll be faithful to you one more day, but I'll have to come back tomorrow and tell you the same thing. 
And he did that for another nine years. And they said, how in the world did your church grow and you sustained everything? He said, listen, I don't have the 10 ways to grow your church. (laughs) I just decided to be faithful and God made me fruitful. That's all I know to tell you. And, um, and so he pastored Kingwood church for 35 years. Um, Stacy and Jay, our oldest, uh, our oldest daughter and her husband now pastor the church and Stacy's in the nursing home right down the street from the church, same one that Glenda was in. And we're believing for reverse. We're believing for miracles. We're believing this year, God is going to restore everything. The canker worm and the pommel worm and the locust has eaten and give us back our, um, our girl, (laughs) our miracle. Yeah. Really, really believing Psalm 91 over her life. It's not going to touch her. And Amen. I, in the book, it just reminds me, I had this underlined of um, from the circle maker. So I love Mark Batterson's book, The Circle Maker. We had talked about this book a little bit ago. Right. Um, <laughs> and I love, and you made me pick it back up. So I had to uh, start reading it again after like 10 years of not. And it's just really cool to see how God had answered some of those prayers that I've circled and, um, and in different ways, but he's answered. And it's just really cool to see that. And I love that you are calling out some big, bold prayers. Cause that's really what God wants us to do. He does. Yes. He can handle it. I think sometimes we think he can't handle that. Like it's too big, but no Lord wants those big, bold, um, prayers, the things that you're dreaming up. And I love that it says praying hard, Uh, Mark writes, praying hard is praying through. And if you pray through, God will come through, but it will be God's will, God's way. Right. That's right. I love that Circle Maker book. And I did pull it back out and start reading it. And then I found a little uh, 40 day devotional that goes with it. And it has just been, it's just refired my faith because God told, spoke to my heart. He said, Suzanne, don't lower your expectations to protect your disappointments. Mm. I found myself to get disappointed in the way things have worked out with Tiffany and how she went to heaven. And I just don't, you know, I don't understand. Well, there's some things this side of heaven we will never understand. But God said, don't lower your expectations on the miracle you're believing for because of your disappointments. He said, I am still the same miracle working God that I have been all the way through the Old Testament, the New Testament. Mm. Don't you give up? And yeah. so I said, okay, so um, I have the the circle maker, and I'm walking and praying. Uh, I walk over here at Veterans Park, and there's a circle there that I walk. And then I have two prayer partners that um, that I meet, um, especially oh, in the summer it was 100 degrees, but we would meet anyway, and we'd walk the parking lot at the church. And um, and just pray over our church families and over our staff and over Stacy and over, you know, and so we just walk that circle and pray out loud and just say, God, we're praying bold prayers and we are not going to let up, give up or shut up. <laughs> we're going to keep pressing. <laughs> I love that, that because that just brings up community. You know, when we pray together as believers in a community, there's something that I feel like the gates of heaven just open up. There are plenty of times where I prayed prayers and I put it on the prayer train or, or things like that. And, and even if it didn't necessarily work out the way I wanted to, there was peace and there was comfort and there was divine things that happened that I can't even explain all of it, you know, but you know, it was because you prayed. So yeah. tell me, what is that like having community? Why is community important when you are praying big, bold prayers? 
Oh, it is so important because it, well, there is power in agreement. We do know that. And, um, but when you have the sisterhood or, or your, your prayer partners, I mean, it could be whoever it is that you're praying with. Um, we, when we walk and pray, well, you don't even have to walk, but I'm just saying in our case, well, I have a boot on right now, so there's no walking. I know, I know. (laughs) But as we walk and pray around the church, we just, we also have a daycare. So we pray over all the children in the daycare and we pray for the teachers that they will be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. And they don't just babysit. They're teaching them also the word of God. And so, um, and even when we have our Sunday school classes and our life groups that meet on the campus, we we just walk and pray that God will bring hope and restoration to families that they will that he will strengthen marriages and we walk past our youth building and we pray over all the youth and uh, there have been times where you know they don't always know this but we go over to our high school um, our public school and pray over the children and the teachers over there that mm-hmm. you know there's a spirit of suicide that has been unleashed on our children and uh, we we walk and pray against that spirit that would cause them to feel hopeless and mm. against an enemy that is very real and is trying to uh, take our children down. And so we just pray that God will strengthen them in the power of His might, and that they will they will become strong in the Lord mm, and find joy in their journey. Yes. Really. I think that's such a good word for all of us and for the youth. Like there's joy in the journey. It's not going to make sense. And there's going to be heartbreak and, you know, friends and, and all the things. And, um, but man, there is also joy in the journey. Yeah. Yes. Yes, So good to know. And I love that you're praying around your community. I think that's so important to do those things. Um, and I'm a runner, so there are times I'll just do like a a prayer run. Like, you know, if I'm out and about and I just, I'm around the school or whatever it is and just really just pray and just even look at the, when you're praying around the schools, maybe this is something that you do. Maybe it's just me and Suzanne who do it, (laughs) but when you look at the schools, you know, there's the, the flag that maybe your state flag and your the United States flag, like pray over our nation, pray over your state. And, um, that you will see God move in mighty ways and, um, yeah, speak to the mountain. Right. 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 And that's what we've been doing. And then we have seen the hunger, uh, of our people. You know, we have seen God bring prodigals home. We have seen God, um, defeat cancer. One of my very dearest friends, just, uh, she's 75. She's, you know, one of the ones who's one of my major prayer runners who will call me and say, Hey, let's go run this marathon. I'm like, Oh my goodness. When your 75 year old friend calls and says, let's go 50 K or which is 30 miles or whatever it is. And, um, so I, I just go, well, she just went through leukemia at a 75 years old And the doctors are amazed. I mean, they are literally amazed that she came through um, 33 days in the hospital, 21 days of massive chemo, and now she is cancer-free, none in her bone marrow, no cancer in her blood. And the doctors say, we just don't understand. And we just, our prayer warriors went to battle for her. And we have just seen God move in miraculous ways throughout um, 2022, and we're believing for 2023 to just accelerate and become um, just more alive in the things of God. 
I love that you said more because that's something that with the word dwell and like this like side caption is just, I want it to be more of him and less of me. When I'm, what I'm dwelling on, let it be more of him, what I'm dwelling on than less of me. And I think that you know, to all of the points that we've been making here is more of him in this 2023 and less of me in 2023. <laughs> right. You know? right. Right. Because I mean, James 5, 16 says the effectual fervent prayers of a righteous man avails much making tremendous power available. It really, it's just, it's God's part. The power is his part. The, our part is the obedience to pray and pray the word, but his part is the power of God that is made available to those who will just say, God, I received this. I take this as my very own. I know the word says I am the healed of the Lord uh, or my prodigal is coming home and, um, or my finances are going to change because I tithe and I give. And, you know, I just stand on your word. Well, his power is made available for those who are willing to receive it and walk in it. And that is what I'm saying about this year is that this is my year of, of more, more joy, more peace, more, um, literally more finances for the kingdom purposes. Uh, You know, it's not about us being a storehouse. It's about us being a clearinghouse. God, I want to give as much as I can get. We are legacy of purpose. The bridging of the generations is our ministry. And we give everything that we have that comes in through offerings and things uh, that we received through preaching around the country. My husband and I um, preach now around the country and um, everything goes to missions. I mean, we don't keep anything except receipted expenses. Everything that comes into legacy of purpose goes back out to help other people. And it is such a joy and a blessing to be able to do that. I mean, it's just amazing to help missionaries and, and um, and fund Project Rescue, and we're believing for more meetings in that situation because um, in uh, 1998, I heard David Grant, um, who's the head of, of Project Rescue, say, my heart's desire is to see one million daughters of India at the marriage supper of the Lamb. And I said, God, that is my heart. If you'll let me be used for that. And he took me on and he said, okay, go to India. <laughs> so that's what I did. I packed my bag. I love it. And I've been working and helping them ever since. And it's just such a blessing. I love that. It is a blessing. So when we give God our yes, it is a blessing. Like, like, yes, sir. You said yes, sir. A couple of times, you know, right. in the podcast. Yes, sir. Like there's that obedient heart to serve him. And I, I love that part, you know, in the word it says, um, you know, a lot of times they'll use the word, you know, a slave, like slave to Christ. And if we think about slave, we think of, it gets a bad rap, right? But the way that, you know, the, the gospels it, approaching this, it's really just like, who are you slave to the world or the Lord? Like, are we doing this? And there's freedom in Christ, right? Like, it's not like we are in shackles. It's like the chain breaker. It's like the opposite of what we think of a slave. Like we are serving the Lord. Like there's nothing that he can't do there. And there's nothing that he doesn't own. Like this is all of his, you know, yes. so there's like freedom. And I think this year is just going to be, I want to start out just kind of 
asking the Lord to discern those things for me. And maybe you're asking yourself that today, like, you know, who, what am I living my life for today? And if you're asking that self question, you're finding yourself, I'm not really living a life that is for Christ. Can I tell you there's freedom in, in him and, um, you are meant and you can belong. Like you said very much. So in the very beginning, like you didn't think you belong. There is a place for you in the church. The Lord needs everybody. Like there's so many different body parts. The Lord needs you. They need Suzanne to be that, that joy for people who have gone through things and, and she can preach and speak life over them. Like we need people who's going to pray like that around our, our communities and whatever you have to give is really important. Can you just remind yourself today that you make an impact in this world just by being you, your fingerprint, your, the way you talk, the way you laugh and smile and what you bring to this world is so important. So I'm believing big things over your life today. And I'm just so thankful Suzanne for your, your life. And you get to bring all of these things that you've gone through and just your joy in their conversation <laughs> and so much, uh, so many nuggets of wisdom that I cannot wait to go back and listen to. And, and if you guys want a journal, like Suzanne said, um, definitely, you know, there's a, a really great, Jocelyn Long is, um, was on the podcast last year and she has the seeds, the seed ministries. And I will tell you, I'll put the link in the show notes for a free downloadable journal. Um, and it's so easy just print it. I've been using it a couple of times and it gives you some ideas of how to just pray, you know, um, what are you praying for? What are some things that you'd like to do throughout the day? And, um, just keep you grounded. I think writing things out uh, throughout the year, whatever your word is, think about that. Maybe I challenge you all to do that. Um, and ask the Lord, what he wants from you? So. Thank you so much, Suzanne. Is there any last bits of encouragement that you have someone or have for somebody today? I just want to say, don't give up. Don't give up on your prodigal. Don't give up. I wasn't even looking for God, but he was looking for me. And, you know, I just say, just, just press into him this year. Let him be, it, it's in him that we live and move and have our being just get to know him fresh and anew in this new year. And um, let's just see where he takes us on the adventures in 2023. Mm, that's beautiful. Thank you so much, Suzanne. I love talking with you. And you guys, don't forget, you can go ahead and click on the link as well in the show notes to find out more where you can find about Project Rescue and to give um, to her ministry and as well as to... Um, call it incredible. And I'll also put the maker <laughs> in there and some other things that we talked about as uh, Psalm 91, the one year Bible. I mean, there's so many good things. Listen, I challenge you today um, to get into the word, write it on your heart and let it see where 2023 takes you. Thank you so much, Suzanne, for coming Amen. on. Thank you for having me, Jackie. It's been great. Hey, everybody, I really hope you enjoyed that conversation. You can go ahead and check out information about our guest speaker today by clicking the link in the show notes. Also, if you would like to go ahead and follow me on your social media pages, you can go ahead and find the link there as well in the show notes. You guys, thanks again for following along with me. And remember that this episode for the Be Encouraged podcast from here on out are going to air every other Monday. So mark your calendars, get ready, share, share this episode with somebody today and encourage others onward. Have a great week, everybody.